What is up? It's your host, Alicia, and you're here for a good time. And so am I. Could you imagine if I used that line the moment I showed up to a guy's house for like a one night stand? Epic. <laughs> what is up, everybody? We are back for a good time with your girl, Alicia, and we're going to do a little pop culture talk because it's been a minute and I feel like a few things have happened for us to kind of go over and... First things first, obviously, Tom, Rachel, and Ariana. I saw that Ariana, you know, told Page Six that, you know, at this point, I don't care about anything that either of them does, which I kind of felt like was almost a social cue for the rest of the world to just like kind of leave it to rest. Because could you imagine being Ariana and just seeing your shit everywhere? Like, I remember listening to Kristen's, you know, podcast and when she was on Vow Files, and she was like, Although she has nothing to be, you know, humiliated about because she didn't do anything. Ariana did nothing wrong and it was two very shitty people, Tom and Rachel. I can only imagine how it must feel to have all of this in public. Yes, people on reality TV sign up for this and, you know, having their shit everywhere, but these are still real human beings. And that was like a real situation that happened. And just thinking about like my own breakup, well, I'm not like some celebrity out here. I got to a point myself where I was just like, I cannot hear about this anymore. So I can only imagine how homegirl is feeling and is probably like, okay, you guys, I know I see it everywhere. I'm living through it. And we are loving her thriving. Her in Mexico and stuff. Oh my gosh, gave me life. But I also think she's just ready for hot girl summer, feral girl summer, and your girl is too. So we are going to let Ariana have that. I am so excited for everything coming up for Ariana. She is going to be filming soon and just part of new projects and stuff. So we love this for her. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, mm, there's nothing really groundbreaking to report about Tom and Rachel. That's like so mind blowing for me to be talking about it on the podcast and being like, hey, don't forget about this. So we're going to leave that kind of on the back burner unless and until the reunion, because I feel like we're all waiting for that to drop. And like everybody said, Tom and Ariana obviously got ripped a new one as they should, or not Ariana, sorry. Tom and Rachel got ripped a new one as they should. And yeah, that's what's going on there. But moving on a bit, Zane and Selena Gomez. Hello. We love this. I'm actually, somebody's going to come for me about this, but I'm not a Selena Gomez fan. I like just haven't gotten into her and just anything she's done. Loved her in Wizards of Waverly Place. But aside from that, I'm like not on this weird like Selena Gomez train that everybody else is. And I just don't get it. Mind you, I did see that her and Hailey Bieber are now following each other. So the internet is probably having a fucking heyday because Hailey was getting like death threats and stuff like that, which is so beyond me. It is so weird to me. And like, this is such a major ick when people go and comment on like celebrities photos and stuff. It is just absolutely not like immediately. No, immediately. No, I've seen what I needed to see. It's just so weird to me. Like, could you imagine dating somebody and this is obviously personal preference but like I could not imagine dating somebody and learning that he like goes and comments on celebrities photos like that's so weird so weird Ooh, 
Anyways, so Haley was getting these death threats and I guess she reached out to Selena and was like, hey, this is what's going on. So Selena did a story and was like, Haley came to me, said all these things are happening and like, I don't condone it. Anyways, they're following each other now and I can only imagine what these people who were like commenting shit are now feeling. Like, do you feel stupid or do you feel stupid? You look fucking stupid. So like, just stop. What else do you have going on in your life though that you're leaving people death threats on their fucking Instagram posts? Is that not weird? That is fucking weird. Like what? Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that is happening. It's kind of been hopefully put to rest for now. I personally, from day one, had said that the internet made something out of nothing, like looked way too into it. And yeah, it just became a thing. Um, but moving on, um, love is blind. <laughs> This season is taking place in Seattle, which is, of course, as you all know, somewhere where I lived and um, was blind in love as well. Actually, I wasn't in love when I lived in Seattle, but this season is just kind of like meh to me. I don't know how I feel about anybody on the cast. I love Amber, actually. She seems like such a gem. Same with Chelsea. She seems like such a kind person, but the rest of them, I'm like... There was nobody else, Seattle. Like, really? I mean, Micah has her own shit going on, which is so beyond me. Um, but we have to talk about Irina. You <laughs> I feel like there's so much to unpack here with Irina because, A, she is a business owner in Seattle. Um, so as a business owner myself, I would never be, like, possibly sabotaging my business like this ever like homegirl did not think twice whatsoever because I obviously did my internet sleuthing and went and you know checked out her Instagram along with her business Instagram and people were leaving some really nasty comments being like I'm never doing business with you because xyz like you're a mean girl and this and that do I agree with her being a mean girl yes that that's facts okay but do I agree with people leaving shitty comments on her Instagram? No, because I feel like you're doing the same exact thing that she was doing to other girls in the house, like crying when, or sorry, laughing when somebody was crying and like so many other things. I was just like, why are you guys feeding into this? Like, why are you, you know, saying really nasty things about her? And like, I don't even, I'm not going to repeat any of them because they don't even feel good to me to even repeat. But like, talking about like her appearance and stuff like that. And I'm like, where, like, you know, you're doing the same thing, right? Or like, did that get lost in translation? Because now you're the fucking mean girl too, or mean guy. I don't know if anybody said anything, but I mean, the scene's kind of boring. I'm just kind of over it. I fast forward a lot of it and it is what it is. But speaking of Love is Blind, I feel like we miss, we miss Shane characters. I would low-key date Shane, 1,000%. He seems he seems like he's here for a fucking good time. For sure. Shane, yeah, Shane's a good time. 10 out of 10. I don't know personally or anything like that. He just looks like a good time, you know? But I know the whole thing that went down with him and Natalie. Here's the thing. There's always three sides to the story, right? His, hers, and then the truth. 
And so that is something I just don't think that we'll get. And I'm not too sure, you know, what happened between them. That's between them. And it is what it is. But Bachelor just finished. And we are so glad because that was the sleepiest season I've ever seen. I've never seen, you know, a Bachelor make out with so many people in a single season ever. Literally mid fucking sentence. Like they're talking and then he's like, can I kiss you? And I'm like, what? What? You would not do that in real life. Would you? Would you? If somebody did that, I'd be like, no. Like you have to stop. No. Immediately no. <laughs> that seems to be the theme of like just what's been happening in the pop culture world right now. Immediately no. Then we have Harry and Emily. Love that. Love. They were seen like, you know, making out and eating each other's face out and about. And this is where we are. I saw Scream over the weekend. I am a girly who loves a fucking good franchise. Okay. And I will forever watch every single Scream and every single Fast and Furious. Oh my gosh. There's another one coming out. Of course. It's like what? The 90th? Um, anyways, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It was just it always brings back some sort of nostalgia for me watching Scream. I can't do like, you know, any demonic sort of scary movies, but give me like somebody in a mask or something and I can fuck with that. I can fuck with that. That is it for this week. I am so excited for today's episode. It is with one of my besties and I hope you enjoy it. We are here for a good time with my friend Kelsey and I am so stoked. So we were just chatting about what life is like outside of just being a business owner, which is, yeah, just what Here for a Good Time is about because life is about having a good time. And so I'm super stoked that you're here. And I'm so glad that we are friends. I think so much comes out from being a business owner, especially the friends that we get to make aside from just, you know, connecting on friends or sorry, business level. We have connected on so many other things, Kelsey. So with that being said, who are you and what the heck do you do? <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I am very grateful for you as well. I would be like nowhere. I would just crumble to the ground without Alicia's friendship. So um, benefit of being a business owner and in the same industry as Alicia, I'm Kelsey Borges. <laughs> And recently married, I own a social media marketing agency and education company. We host events and we help women in business live their best life and make their Pinterest dream board come to fruition through our strategies and tools. Amazing. What an intro. But also, <laughs> what a fucking dope last name. Gorgeous. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> and that is not your maiden name because you are now married, which is so exciting. Yeah. So Johnny, weird. You to meet. Yep. I know. Someday, soon, you will. He, he just told me that he wants to, like, gum come to Washington for like a week. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yes. <laughs> we need, we need okay. a vacation. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, and just on the topic of friendships, um, because I think it's one of those things as an adult, it's almost really hard because um, you have people who have had friends, you know, for their entire life and you hear about it. And then you get into just new phases of life 
and making friends can be really scary. And so um, just your personality, Kelsey, I mean, you have people just gravitate towards you for that reason. But what was that like essentially when you were younger? Because I was a very quiet kid when I was younger. Um, And yeah, it was just really weird. I did have friends, which I'm really grateful for because a lot of us, um, we have a weird grad class, our entire grad class. Like we're all still very, very in touch with each other. And like, yeah, um, it's, it's a, it's a rare, we're a rare breed for sure. But what did that look like for you when you were younger? Yeah, I can relate to, to the like small close knit community because I grew up in uh, my graduating class had less than 200 people. So when people are like, yeah, I had like thousands of people in my high school. I'm like, what the hell? How did you do that? <laughs> like, how did you make it? Um, but friendships are hard to make as like we get older. And um, I've experienced that when moving to Boise in 2020. And Um, It's just uncomfortable to put yourself out there, I think. And it was uncomfortable for me to put myself out there when I was younger because I wanted, I guess, to be part of the in crowd and the popular crew or whatever. Um, But I was considered a smart person. Like I got good grades and I was in challenge challenge block, which is like not just the regular homeroom in um, middle school, but it was like the elevated and like the smart kid class. And um, I didn't identify as a smart person. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. how I, I, I am smart, but I don't identify like as I'm a nerd, you know? Right. And so that was just interesting. And it put me in a different like category, I guess. And so I was, people would be mean to me and Mm -hmm. I didn't fit in. And I also rode horses and I was athletic. And so a lot of these things pulled me away from like sleepovers and Mm -hmm. being able to go to, I don't know, whatever the people that didn't have things to do um, could go do. I wasn't able to do that. And I also lived an hour away in elementary school. And so I, my parent, like we just hung out at our house on the weekends and like oftentimes my friends or people that I was friends with in my younger years wouldn't be able to come hang out because I was an hour away. So mm-hmm. if they wanted to have a sleepover, my parents would have to drive them back and then drive back to like a two hour trip. So just kind of, not really, that didn't make sense. Um, so yeah, it was hard. And I, I, I did have a lot of friends in like all of these different groups in high school when I, when I got older and stuff, but I went through some shit like in high school being bullied and having literally the popular girls make fun of me, take a photo of me, um, on our way back home from a volleyball tournament one year, one time, um, took a photo of me. We went to McDonald's because that's like where we would go. I don't know why they were feeding us McDonald's, but, um, <laughs> like yeah, an American thing to be saying right now. 
God. So we went to a volleyball tournament and then they took us to McDonald's. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I used to play rugby and like after every game or something, an away game that we would have, um, yeah, we would always go out to eat somewhere. It was like, yeah. just what do. It was like we would always, we would ride the bus to go wherever we were going, stop at a fast food restaurant, and then go back to the school. And so my parents would always send me with like five dollars, I don't know, <laughs> to get to get to get a double cheeseburger. <laughs> Cause that got you that back in the day. Okay. Yeah, it did. <laughs> now you get a little box of fries for that. <laughs> uh, pretty much, maybe a 99 cent soda. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, they took a photo of me, like, eating the burger, printed it out, wrote unphotogenic on it, and handed it out and passed it all around school. I was in seventh grade when this happened, or eighth grade, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was in seventh grade because the older, the girls were older than me, and they were bullying me. So, um, yeah. And then like I, people were making fun of me and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to deal with that. And like that mean girl mentality, like has deterred me from a lot of friendships because I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. want that to ever happen again. Oh my gosh. That's such a pivotal moment as well. Cause you're in grade seven mm-hmm. and, um, over here after grade seven. So in Canada, you go from grade seven, to grade eight, which is high school. So eight oh. to 12 is high school. Um, and I don't think that a lot of people think, or like, maybe it's just the way that they're raised about the effects of like what your actions and your words have on people as they get older, because I had something, um, happen to me in grade seven as well. What the mm-hmm. fuck were people doing in grade seven? <laughs> and we were at a birthday party and I actually went to elementary and then high school with this guy. Uh-huh. Um, so it's something that I think about now as well at 33, um, is we were at a birthday party and it was like guys and girls there. And I wasn't even like that big or anything in grade seven. Um, but I remember he was sitting around in a circle with a few of the other guys and he looked over and he was like, oh, Alicia, are you only here for the cake? And I was like, oh my fucking God. I remember leaving the birthday party at that time and just like going home and being like, what in the fuck? That's so horrible. I know that has stuck with me my entire life. And like, it has made me not want to eat out in public and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of things and guaranteed those, because like I said, we still check in with each other from like mm-hmm. high school and like elementary. I can guarantee you people are going to ask who the fuck it was. Um, and he probably doesn't even remember saying these things, but people just don't think about what effects it'll have on people mm-hmm. as they get older. Because now looking back, Kels, what has that made you feel in like certain situations? Is it something that you've moved past or like, does that come up when you're in like photo shoots or like even just your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great question. So I, I don't feel unphotogenic. Um, I am more so, it more so has come up in like, relationships and conversations and being um afraid of like the confrontation mm-hmm. and um because after that whole situation happened um it ensued this 
MySpace messenger bah, 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 going back and forth mm-hmm. and like angrily messaging each other and whatever. Um, and so I think that it has shown up in um, experiences where other women are jealous for like this is the only thing that I could think that it could boil down to really mm-hmm. jealous of what I have and like what I have accomplished and so they talk shit about mm-hmm. me or my business or how I do things and I think the thing that I always try and remind myself is that the people who are ahead of you are never going to beat you down. The people Mm -hmm. who are successful are never going to like, they don't have time for that. They don't, they don't have time to talk shit about you. They don't have, why would they spend their energy like trying to break somebody down Mm -hmm. if they already have everything that they need? The people that have time to talk shit and to waste their precious energy on conversations that are like truly just negative and mean mm-hmm. are behind you. They're, you know, they should. So I just like try not to let that have a hold on what I'm trying to accomplish because I mean, that is like water under the rich. They're behind you. They don't matter. For sure. And I can't, Premise this enough. Kelsey is like the most photogenic human being I have ever seen. <laughs> oh my God. I've seen your photo shoots and I'm like, how the fuck did you get a hundred shots of yourself out of like <laughs> how many ever you took? And they all work. Like you sent me, I think, the file of like your photo shoot that you did recently. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Which one <laughs> you don't want? Because I would want all of these. Um, they all work. And so I totally agree with you in terms of that. But like looking back now, what would you tell your grade seven self in that time of like seeing that photo? If you could just like go back and like tap her on the shoulder and be like, Hey, this is what you need to like remember throughout the next few years. What would that be? Mm. Ooh, I would say I I would say like to own it, like, yeah, I'm fucking downing a double cheeseburger. Who the hell is going to look eloquent and beautiful while they're stuffing their face with two hamburger patties and grease dripping down their hands? Like, I'm sorry, you try and do that, you stupid idiot. Like, have you figured out where this girl is now? Or like, do you kind of see her around anywhere? Or she's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I like how we laugh at that because we don't have kids. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, she. Well, it was like two girls actually um, that did this, and they. One of them actually has her own business. One of them is pregnant, married, um, and I'm, I don't know. They're not mean necessarily. I don't really talk to either of them. Mm -hmm. I never was friends with them in high school. I had friends who were friends with them, um, and I never understood why (laughs) or how. Like, um, yeah. 
it's such like pivotal moments in life where you look back and you're like, oh, fuck, that's that's why this happened. And like looking at like where you're at now, um, it's just so interesting to see everything that builds people and their character throughout. Mm-hmm. And then looking at, you know, just how life unfolds in itself, you kind of sit back and you're like, oh, okay, I guess why, like, I understand why I had to go through my shit. Um, speaking of shit, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we had that conversation and I haven't had a bowel movement today. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've had like three. <laughs> I'm impressed. I've had two cups of coffee and like still nothing. Oh, actually, wait. Set pits. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's the same with Johnny. I'm like, how does this happen to you? Like, the first thing in the morning, he goes and takes a shit. And I'm like, I wish I was like you. <sighs> because you got to do that and then like weigh yourself. I'm like notorious for weighing myself every morning. I, I know, I know. Um, that's like a conversation in itself. And I'm sure if my therapist listens to this, he'd be like, fuck, I thought we fucking got over this, you bitch. Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. And Johnny, your husband, where did you meet him and how did that whole thing unfold? Oh, it is a bumble love story. He is from Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And I met him when I moved to Boise, Idaho in 2020 for whatever reason. These people are weird here and they don't like you call and you purchase internet when you move into a new house Mm -hmm. and they don't turn it on like right away. They're like, okay, we'll send somebody out there within a week to turn on your internet. And I'm like, isn't that just like, yeah. I'm like, what am I supposed to do for a week without internet? Wait, I was you to move to Boise. Let's just backtrack a bit. <laughs> Great question. I yeah. know. I don't even think I knew Boise was a fucking place until you moved there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I brought it onto the radar. No, I'm just kidding. This is why everybody moved to Boise um, from California now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I moved to Boise because in 2020 was the time of the COVID and also the time of me just like really getting burnt out in my business and wondering like what the hell I was doing, um, Mm. living in a super small town. And I was passionate, like I am passionate about serving local people because I like the in-person connection and I like being able to go meet people. And I had built a successful business. Like I had replaced my nine to five salary, doubled it actually, just I was doing it all by myself. And so that was good enough for me at the time. Like it served its purpose. And I was just kind of like, now what? Like, I don't know what I should do. I was getting told no. I was working with people who just didn't value me and value what I did. And so I felt like I kind of got bulldozed by those people. And so, yeah. And I'm also like a wanderlust person. I really like to like go explore and try new places, which is why van life is super enticing. (laughs) Um, but yeah. also I love traveling with you because we just recently traveled together yeah. to New York and you are one person who's always like, okay, let's go try this and let's try this and like look on Pinterest or like hit up people and be like, okay, what do I have to do? Because it's Where always- Where do we got to go? 
yeah, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, let's sit in our hotel room and like get some work done. We're like, fuck this. We'll do it later. Yeah. Um, let's go try that pizza joint. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I came here. I had a friend from high school actually who lived in Boise. I had visited her once before. I came out here in May of 2020. And as I was flying in, I remember thinking like, God, this place looks like a fucking desert. Like who would ever want to live here? Like, (laughs) seriously. And then the weekend happened, lots of fun, lots of drunkenness. We went out on this boat and it was just a really good time. And I was like, I think I could see myself living here actually. Like this is really fun, um, lots to do and it's just like a cool place. And so I started looking for places to live. Um, it was hard because that was when the housing market was like crazy and there was a lot of people moving and, um, and so it was challenging and I finally found, a a rental house in like July. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm doing it. We're doing it. Here we go. And I applied to my master's. And so I was like, I'm just going to like let go of my clients for my agency, start my master's program, um, and like see where things go when I get to Boise. So that's my story. That's how I got here. And then when I got here, I met Joni without internet. So I used Bumble to like keep me um, entertained at night. Well, I, I literally was only on the platform for like maybe two days and mm-hmm. I met Johnny. No way. So you hadn't gone on like any other dates with anybody else or? I, I did go on one date because mm-hmm. I, uh, my friend who lived here and at the time she lived right down the street, actually, she was out of town. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know anybody. I don't know what to do. Like I'm starting my master's program. Like I had I had so much time. I didn't know what to do. Like I'm such a busy body. I had more time than I knew what to do with. And so I went on one date and it was horrible. This guy literally moved from like an hour, two hours away. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't even have a passport. He didn't didn't want to like, he didn't want to travel outside of like, where he lived and it was like the worst conversation ever I I, it was horrible and I didn't know how to leave like (laughs) you know like you're on a date and you're like "Eh, what do I do I don't want to talk to you anymore (laughs) yeah it's always such a weird like transition of being like how do I get out of this? But I think I've learned, like, I would rather be told that like things aren't working or like do that, you know, service for somebody else and just Mm -hmm. stop it right there and then and be able to like walk away from it. Also huge ick for me and like an absolute non-negotiable is the passport thing because I travel so much as like, I know you do as well. And that would be a deal breaker in itself. Like, I don't give a fuck how much you make or anything. If you don't even have a passport, we've got issues, but I feel like dating a lot of guys like in the US, um, which is where I find myself all the time somehow, <laughs> I've come across quite a few who have like either not left the state mm-hmm. or the country in itself. And I'm like, what do you do? Yeah, I know. It's what? crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it there's is so much world so, out there. I know. 
And I'm like, cool, you probably think ketchup is spicy. Like, we're not fucking doing this. Because <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life. As a South Asian woman, I'm going to ruin your life with the amount of spice that I fucking bring to everything that I do. We're um, going to put chili flakes on everything. So prepare yeah. yourself and your butthole. <laughs> so you meet Johnny and things kick off right away? Or like, how did that kind of unfold? Yeah, we met. So. I was in Boise for like a week and I got on Bumble. We started having conversation. I really like, I was talking to a couple people, but they were all just kind of drab. And Mm. Johnny was like beautiful and we had good conversation. And so we went to breakfast on a Sunday and I was actually driving back to Washington that day because I was going on a week long camping trip where Mm. I didn't really have that much service and like I was camping so I could care less about like going on my phone he kept in contact the entire time he like sent us sent me after our date I remember he sent me this like YouTube video about Capricorn and Aquarius love match and like their cape their capability or what is it potential compatibility compatibility yeah 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 um Yeah. So he sent me that (laughs) and I just thought it was so cute. And he kept in contact with me the entire week and nobody else did. And so I was like, this guy has, you know, he's got some substance to him. And so we went on a date when I got back, the date was a workout and I got my ass handed to me. I was dying and I could not sit on the toilet for days, but I did not let him know that. I did not let him know that I worked my ass off so that I could keep up with him. And he like took off his shirt and I was like, (laughs) whoa. (laughs) I'm going to keep that recording just for that moment. So I I was like, oh, that's, that's what somebody can look like. Um, and so then I wanted to have sex with him right then and there, but I didn't, of course, because gotta keep it in my pants until at least the third date. So, oh, I thought you were gonna say like because we were out in public or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were by ourselves in the gym, actually. <laughs> so that um, wasn't holding you back, but the fact that it was just a couple dates in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> Yeah. So then let's see. Yeah. And then I think just things kind of like took off from there. I think about like two. So we started dating at the end of August, um, maybe like early October. We had a heart to heart conversation where he was like, how are you really doing? Like, how are you doing? And I could see that he could see like straight through me and like the face that I was putting out. And I was really struggling at the time because I let go of all my clients. I was doing my MBA. I didn't really have any money coming in at the time besides this group program that I had going on. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like literally what am I going to do? I was really stressed and overwhelmed. And he I felt like he could see me and I had never felt that like 
intimately seen before. Mm -hmm. And so like literally in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I think I love him. Like nobody has ever like been like that for me before. And, um, so yeah, then things escalated. He moved in like literally two months after we started dating together. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. And he adores you so much. Like I can just see it in the post that you like repost. I don't know why I'm not following him yet. I will. Um, <laughs> but it's just so evident like how much you two, I think just have like love for each other and love one another, which I think are two different things, but both equally as important um, in relationships. And yeah, it's just, it's just so endearing because I see all my friends and like the relationships that they have. And I'm like, okay, this is possible. Like this is so normal. And like, normal exists out there but also Mm -hmm. I love that you don't put a timeline and like forced yourself to follow a certain way of like having a relationship unfold in your life because I know some people might look at you know two months and be like oh my gosh that's so soon but you guys have just kind of done things that felt right for you in that moment and um yeah whether that was moving in together or getting married um it's your story and I think that's what's so amazing about it kind of backtracking a bit because you mentioned, you know, you were feeling a lot of overwhelm and keeping your emotions in. Is that something that you've kind of like always done and like, you know, um, not really spoken about or yeah. How have you navigated that? Yeah. Um, I am definitely don't share my feelings. I don't, I keep things very close and like under the surface for sure um I think as I have been in a relationship with Johnny his love language is words of affirmation and I really struggle to give that Mm -hmm. to him um because it feels uncomfortable to me for whatever reason and um yeah I don't know I haven't I guess I give compliments, but like not, not like meaningful words of affirmation in a way. Um, And I've realized that I don't think that my parents gave me a lot of that, like Mm -hmm. that I, that I didn't feel genuinely like they were giving me words of affirmation. You know, they would, they would tell me like, you can do whatever you want to do. Like you're capable, um, they would tell me good job or whatever, but I never felt like I was doing a good job. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like the words didn't match like how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just, and it's really hard for me to be vulnerable and like share my feelings. And so that's been a learning journey as well, because Johnny craves that like deep connection Mm -hmm. and it's helped me definitely pull me out of my shell and I feel safe with him. So I do share, um, more than I have ever before in the past. And yeah, actually like it's gotten my parents, Johnny challenges my parents even in conversations to, Uh share and like be open and he always asks them questions and so it's really cool to see um them like Mm -hmm. opening up and getting the Johnny effect (laughs) (laughs) 
So his um, love language is words of affirmation. What's yours? Um, I would say acts of service mm-hmm. and quality time. Um, but acts of service for sure. Like, I need you to help me. I would like you to just do things for me. <laughs> um, and give me things, gifts. Oh. Yeah. But not like, I kind of tie it into acts of service because like, I don't expect people to go like crazy with the gift, but like Mm -hmm. just something thoughtful. Like, um, Johnny, one of his clients, uh, owns a candle company and he knows that I love candles. And so the other day he had a candle sitting on the counter with a little note. Um, and I was like, that is so thoughtful and cute and like meant the world. That is so cute. I love seeing this like other side of you as well um, because I feel like both of us bring out very masculine energies in our business. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're in marketing, that again. <laughs> we have to. We have to. Okay. It is. That's a non-negotiable on the business side that seeing mm-hmm. this like feminine energy come out from you um, with Johnny is so different. It's so refreshing. And then going back to your parents and Johnny, how was that bringing in another um, essentially like culture into your family as well? Because I'm not too sure how, you know, um, intertwined he is with his roots and how much of that he incorporates. But what was that like? Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, well, my dad was very protective of me when we first got mm-hmm. started dating because he was like, what are his intentions of mm-hmm. like dating you? Um, cause he's obviously not from here. None of his right. family's from here. And, uh, so yeah. And like at the, at the pace that we were moving, I think that that was like very concerning for my dad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And so Johnny had to really like work on building the trust between them. Mm -hmm. And he did that through like vulnerability and like sharing his story and sharing what he's been through to be in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents are white. Well, my mom, I'm Native American. My mom is half Native American. My dad is white as they come. So um their understanding of immigrants, I guess, Mm -hmm. and like people coming to the United States and, you know, contributing to society and wanting to stay here. Like they don't know how hard it is to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they literally didn't even know that America is one of the only places where you have to get like a visa in order to mm-hmm. enter into the United States. And so it was all a process of learning for them and like teaching them literally like everything that Johnny's been through to be here and how hard it is to stay here and like all of that. Um, they, my dad, it took a while, like months, I would say, um, going home at Christmas and like Johnny working, we was, we whittling his way into the family and stuff. But my mom and my grandpa, they like loved him immediately and really 
connected to how open and vulnerable he was and like how he's just so like charismatic. And so when he talks to you, he's present. He asks like deep and meaningful questions. And so they really liked that. And my dad was like wary of it. Do you think it's like opened his mind up more so to everything now and like learning more about it? Oh, like about the process or about just like being an open human being? <laughs> I guess both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that they are a little bit more understanding and aware of everything, you know, that it takes and that you have to go through. But even sometimes still with the conversations that we have with them, um, they're like, geez, I just don't understand. Like, I, why is this so hard? And I'm like, I don't freaking know. Ask your local legislation, ask your governor, ask the freaking people in government. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just is hard. So, um, they definitely know a lot more now than they did. And in terms of like being open, absolutely. My parents are like, very much so. I mean, they're still learning. Like it's not a night and day difference of before and after, but, um, they're, they're trying to communicate better. (laughs) Totally. And I think it's also so important to point out that it is a learning process and it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen overnight because this is something that they've only known for like their entire life. Exactly. And so even just like looking at everything and everybody in their respected, you know, cultures and whatever else that this is stuff that they've learned since they were young and it doesn't go away overnight. But the fact that they're, you know, making the effort of like changing that narrative and being like, oh, okay, this is, you know, um, it's okay to open up and like learn new things and change your mind after you learn new things is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They and they are making efforts to do that, which is all that you can do. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, what is coming up for you and Johnny next? Do you have a honeymoon planned or the um, wedding in itself? Because that we, happened yeah. small, but I'm waiting uh-huh. for a pretty girl. <laughs> I know. I know. We were just talking about that the other day, actually. Um, we want to have like a celebration of our marriage. We're not going to like do our vows or do that whole shebang again, but we definitely do want to have a party. Um, and so we are probably going to organize something for this summer. Um, and I'm thinking that we're going to wait until our year anniversary to go on like a honeymoon Um, I have no idea where (laughs) or what he wants to go back to Laguna beach, which is where we got engaged. And like, it was so fun. Oh my gosh. It was so magical. That was our first vacation together. So it was just like picture perfect and romantic and so fun. So we'll see. I don't know. I am loving this new trend though, um, that millennials are on of like having these smaller weddings and not doing something like so grand-esque of people that you just don't even talk to being there because yeah. I think there's so much more, um, of like intimate moments that are shared with people that you actually talk to and care about. Mm-hmm. And so was it hard to bring down that, nar- um, or sorry, narrow down that guest list when it did come to it? Or were you just like, I know exactly who needs to be here. And like, that's, what's going to happen. 
Yeah, that was hard because I always saw myself having a big wedding. Like I wanted the party. I wanted everybody to be there and celebrate and have it be this whole thing. Um, And so it wasn't until I like started getting into the planning of the wedding itself where I was like, whoa, there's a lot involved. (laughs) Um, And last year was just like a busy year for me business wise, where it was like, I cannot take this on. And like, this is so overwhelming how much money it costs to have a big wedding. And I wanted this venue that was literally $20,000 just for the venue, not including food, not including photographer, not including literally anything. And I was gonna do it. Like I was like, okay, the venue is literally like the one thing that really matters. I don't want to have like a repeat of somebody else that got married in you know, the local area that I was in. Um, And so the venue would have been like the big feature, you know, and then everything else I could figure out a way to get it within the budget. Um, But I just, my dad one day asked me, he was like, we were literally about to sign the contract for the venue. And if I, um, if for whatever reason, like COVID happened and we had to reschedule, I wouldn't have been able to reschedule the wedding during the peak season the next year. It would have had to have been like in October through February or March or something like in the rainy season in Washington. And I'm like, no, like I want this venue because I want to be outside. That's stupid. Um, so I was having a hard time signing the contract and my dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like this could literally be a down payment on a house. And, um, so I like cried and I was like really sad, but I was like, he's right. Um, he's not trying to like take my dream away or anything. Like that's a lot of money. And it, that's only the start. Like everything else is going to cost like thousands of dollars. Like this is going to be like a 50, 60, 70, I don't know how much thousand dollar wedding. And I don't want to be in debt for a wedding. That's a day or well, we were going to have it be like a weekend event, but Mm -hmm. so yeah. That was like, okay, screw this. We're not going to have this big grandioso wedding right now. Um, And then we were talking about it. We're like, what if we have our wedding on our two-year anniversary? And so that got the wheels spinning. And I was like, why not? Let's just freaking do it. We were going to do just like a court... We were going to do a courthouse thing. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was like, why don't you just get married in your parents' backyard? Like, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, I don't want to. Like, so boring. Um, But then it ended up being, like, the best thing ever that we could have done. And the guest list wasn't the hard part. Like, I knew who I wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. That was no question. Like, we each had a best friend and then my family. And that's it. 
I love that. It just, I feel like it's such a good reminder to me as well, because I do want the big wedding and I'm just like, mm-hmm. but why? Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck are you doing, Alicia? Um, in Indian culture, it's very normal to have like minimum a hundred thousand. Like the average Indian wedding is like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, um, which is way beyond me. Cause same thing. I was I'm on the same thought train as your dad of being like, um, that's like a couple houses down payment. Like yeah. That you could be flipping into like an Airbnb, like my business mind goes there. Um, But I can totally see how you might feel like it was maybe holding you back from like this thing that you really, really wanted. Speaking of holding you back, has there ever been a moment where you felt held back and like didn't do something that you wanted to do? And like, what was it that was holding you back? Mm. (laughs) I see where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so I rebranded my business back in 2021, and we were still like essentially offering the same services, but we are offering more. Mm-hmm. And we really focused in on the ideal client that we're wanting to serve, which is the female founder and the female entrepreneur. And um before that I was just kind of serving anybody and everybody. And like my, I didn't feel like my business had like a true purpose and meaning and like, it didn't like fulfill me. Um, there was just like always something that like kind of was out of alignment. And so when I pivoted to she rose and rebranded, everything kind of like came together and felt right. Um, the reason though, it took me a year to make that decision and rip off the bandaid and pivot into that business. And the reason that I didn't was because I was like protecting somebody else, essentially. Like I was, there's a lot of businesses with she, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's the feminine thing to do. Mm -hmm. And even though my business had like a different meaning and completely like, I mean, come on. She Rose is pretty badass name. So (laughs) we, there was so much thought and so much intention that went into like actually coming up with the name She Rose and everything that, um, I, I truly wasn't copying anybody, Mm -hmm. but I was worried of, are people going to think that I'm copying somebody else? Mm -hmm. And that, worry and that concern and like the feeling that oh I might be stepping on somebody's toes or oh somebody might be mad at me Mm -hmm. um and also like what will people think are they gonna think that like my original company failed or that I have to rebrand um and so there was all these thoughts that were going through my head that held me back from actually doing it um And then once I ripped off the bandaid, like it literally felt so good. And that was my best year in business, um, to that date in time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just like literally exploded and took off and cause people could resonate and with the messaging and with what I was trying to accomplish and like female empowerment, um, and not in like a catty way. And this is where that whole story comes back is like, I will support you in your business, even if you're in the same industry as me. Like, I don't care. I want to help you. And I 
don't mind if like we're in the same business. Like Mm -hmm. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you be the best version of yourself in life, in business. And I think that there's like too much cattiness. I could see it in business and there's too much of that, like jealousy and that like talking shit behind people's backs. And I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so I built a brand that doesn't do that and where we like genuinely support each other. I think it's so wild how I feel like it's more prominent within women than it is men. I mean, mind Mm -hmm. you, I don't really hear these things from men, um, but I'm wondering if it is a thing. Maybe I'll pop pop a poll up to see where they're (laughs) at. But I feel like I hear a lot with business owners, um, especially women, and then especially women in like either marketing or coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I look at marketing and there's been many times where, you know, I've been either the only female in the room in like marketing conferences and stuff like that, that I'm like, why would we not want more of us here? Like what is stopping Mm -hmm. us? Is it because we don't think that like all of us can succeed at the same time, regardless of like what area we're in? Um, and like, why do we have that mentality? Is it from like when we were just younger of like, you know, just always competing for certain things, whether it was like a guy or whatever it was. And Mm -hmm. that's like just been embedded in our brains for so fucking long that we have. Yeah. So many of us who are like trying to break that now and being like, Hey, no, actually like you can come and like hang out with us and listen to what I have going on. Cause I mean, we're both in the same industry and I think I literally tell you everything and I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm planning to do. And I'm either waiting for you to be like, great idea or challenge it and be like, why the fuck are you doing this? <laughs> um, and that's like what we need majority of the time. Cause so many of us are, you know, we have different experiences and stuff like that within business and life that I think we can all take away from. So mm-hmm. it just comes back to girls being fucking mean. Like, yeah. What are we doing here, girls? I don't know. I don't know. So that's why, yeah, I, and the same thing, like with events, like that was the same reason. I'm like, who am I to create an event? Like, mm-hmm. who am I to create an event? That's not what I've done. Um, but then I just freaking did it. And it's been the most crazy, best thing ever. So like to anybody listening that is like, waiting or like fearful of pursuing the thing that's been on their heart. Like literally I sat on the She Rose idea for a year. I've sat on the networking event that I just launched for two years, three years now. Um, and those have been quite literally the best things that I've launched, you know, Mm -hmm. like they've been the biggest success. So when there's something that's on your heart, like it's on there for a reason, I feel like. Totally. Oh my gosh. And I was thinking the same thing as you were talking. I was like, it's definitely a heart thing. Like you have Mm -hmm. to be so passionate about it um, because I feel like that's when the greatest things come to light um, and like things you create and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, listen to Kelsey, just go do the fucking damn thing and just do it. Yeah, I, what's the worst that's going to happen? Honestly, yeah. I mean, nothing. don't do anything crazy where your life is on the line or something. <laughs> um, and like probably don't get any or do anything that'll land you in jail. But the rest of it, we 10 out of 10 support. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah just, Amen. No jail Amen. time and no hurting anybody's feelings. The rest of it is free game. And no like jumping off a bridge. 
no, no, we are not for that. Talk to us. Yeah. Slide in our DMs. We're here for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that what that went zero to a hundred real quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It really did. Navigating though, because we are both country girlies. Um, what country song would you say describes your life right now? Oh. Um, Marin Morris Humble Quest. I love her. Like, what a moment. Yeah, love. She's so the best. Good. So good. She's um, best. I love that. And then what country song would describe your sex life? Oh. Um, <laughs> hmm. Or what country song title? <laughs> uh, okay. This song, like, I love this song, Black by Dirk Bentley. Flip the switch, make my world go black. Hit me like a heart attack, knock me flat on my back. Yeah. Well, girl, it is always a good time with you. Um, and I'm so excited for everybody to just take away so many life bits from this episode. Um, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at... Kelsey Douglas, if you want to follow my personal life, at We Are Sheroes, if you want to follow the business side of things. I also have a podcast called The Sheroes Show. That's business. So if you want business tips and, you know, lessons learned as a CEO, then go there. Amazing. And last but not least, Mrs. Borges, what is a good time to you? Oh, going to happy hour with my friends on a trip most likely amazing and we'll be doing just that so maybe that's another episode we can record while we're in arizona next month oh vlog style let's do it must it's game time it's going down baby <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the next episode of here for a good time <laughs> <laughs>